the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Water in the court. Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. On the radio, podcasts, Facebook Live, and YouTube, And our mission is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Before we begin, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to follow your will. Please help us to follow your will more closely. And help us to use this time uh, with Dr. Hussein Musa and Dr. Adatone Musa. Talk about medicine, the gospel, and the law. Help us to do everything we do for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. Amen. God, we just thank you for this time to share our heart and our vision. I just thank you for sending your servants in every field to spread the word and making sure that they're the best example of Christ Jesus that people can see to lead more people to you. Amen. Father God, we thank you that you look into our hearts and that you are preparing our hearts to be good and faithful servants. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us talents. These talents are unique, Father, and we just pray, Lord, that you are um, calling upon your servants to invest their talents into the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys uh, so much for joining me today here on uh, the radio and podcasts and Facebook Live and YouTube. Um, Please introduce yourselves. All right, well, ladies first. Oh, well, thank you. My name is Dr. Adetone Musa, and I am a neurologist. I also have subspecialty training in epilepsy, and I'm married to a wonderful husband, and he's also very handsome. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your cue. All right. Well, I'm Dr. Hussein Musa. I'm an anesthesiologist, but I specialize in addiction medicine and pain medicine. I Currently founded a nonprofit, the Kingdom Healthcare System, with a mission to provide affordable access to care for those in need. In my spare time, I'm raising my three wonderful boys with the assistance of my lovely. Okay, it's not the assistance. <laughs> I'm assisting my lovely wife it's raising our three boys. Right? Partnership. Okay, Very partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife, she runs our private practice, the Kingdom Healing Institute, the first of its kind multi-specialty direct care practice in San Antonio. So we're going to talk about uh, your practice, the specialty direct care part of it, and your nonprofit charity, and also your podcast and radio show. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, what you do for married people, which Love I it. thought was interesting. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like we do a lot when you, you, when you put it that way. Yeah. yeah. I, it looks to me like you have four full-time jobs. That is true. But we love it. <laughs> well, plus, on, on top of that, being parents. That's definitely like five full-time so that, jobs. Yeah, that is five. Mm-hmm. And so how old are the kids? What are What's the age range? So the oldest just turned nine, and then we have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and they're all boys. I'm the only woman or girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's blessed. I have uh, two sons and a daughter, and uh, when the – when the boys started to be about 18 months, that's when we had to send them off to childcare 
uh, because uh, we don't have the hearts of teachers, and <laughs> the kids were tearing up the house. You know, something during the COVID pandemic, I realized how valuable teachers are and how patient they are mm-hmm. because we uh, we kind of played around with this idea of homeschooling for quite some time. But I think that people who homeschool are called to do it and they're right, gifted people. Right. I probably attempted for a month. <laughs> the house was like a mess. There were holes in the wall. And I'm like, you need to go back to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God bless all the teachers out there. Um, you're doing amazing work. It's a calling. We appreciate you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, my kids, well, they, they were older. And so I just said, do your work. <laughs> you know? That doesn't it, work. With yeah. kids. When they're younger, you have to help them. You have to help more. Them. Yeah. Well, you mentioned in uh, one of your biographies something about your battle with COVID. Mm. Oh wow, Doctor yeah. Hussein. Yeah. yeah. So in 2020, um, I worked at a outpatient treatment center. So I never stopped going to work um, when everything was shut down. And I think I worked with a pretty high-risk population, and everyone in my center contracted COVID um, sequentially. Now, it was pretty scary because we didn't know exactly what was going on. And I remember going to work. I had almost like a hazmat suit. I had my mask, my gloves, uh, goggles, and everything. And I still got sick. And I was very frustrated because I thought I was so careful. Um, I remember we went to the urgent care and that's when it was it was really disconcerting. Um, typically, you see a doctor, they, they're compassionate, they give you some advice, some medications. But I went to the doctor, and it was a very, it was very unfriendly, honestly. Right. So during that time, I, I can kind of discern kind of the atmosphere and the environment. And it was just this thick blanket of fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that it it wasn't just COVID that was infectious. It was the fear. And it infected the healthcare workers and the physicians and Mm -hmm. any other of the, you know, clinicians that were supposed to be taking care of people. And I think that really just affected the way that they typically treat patients. And if you're fearful, then there's no room for love or compassion or empathy because you're afraid of right, your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we went there. I obviously was diagnosed with COVID and I asked, so what are you going to give me? And it was just all this avoidance. There was really no advice. And they ended up just giving me a sheet of paper that said, if you get really sick, go to the hospital. And that's what they sent me home with. No medications, no inhalers, no antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, no real counseling. And, and I was just aghast because, thank God, I'm a physician. But if this is the norm, what everybody else is getting, this is terrifying. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate one of the video podcasts that you just put out about anxiety and fear yeah. and, uh, and your faith. So let's talk a little bit about that uh, when we come back from the break, but I, w- I want to talk more about your your education and experience. Y'all just kind of brushed over that, yeah. but you are uh, very specialized in your fields, and so uh, walk us through that as uh, non medical professionals. Mm-hmm. What what schools did you go to? What training did you receive? Because I think that's significant. Yeah, well, I guess I'll go first. So being a doctor requires a lot of training. I started off at the University of Virginia. Um, I uh, majored in neuroscience, and I took uh, pre-med classes. And then after that, I stayed in in the University of Virginia for another four years um, as a medical student. I then, once I graduated, um, we were dating at the time, and I was looking for any sort of training programs that were close to him. So once um, I finished medical school, I entered the internship program in internal medicine at Rush, which is in Chicago. Um, So I lived in Chicago. We had a great time. 
as much as uh, honestly I could because these were like, I don't know, 60 to 80 hour work. Right. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> but I learned a lot. And after my internal medicine training, um, I then started my neurology residency at Yale. So that was uh, uh, three years uh, of Yale residency. After that, um, we got married. I moved to New York because at that time he was in New York training. And I did one year of clinical neurophysiology with a concentration in electroencephalography, which is EEG uh, mm-hmm. recording. And it uh, most of the time is used to diagnose epilepsy, seizures. I saw a lot of um, patients who were struggling with seizure disorders as well uh, during that training. And then I stayed there as faculty for another year. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess I'll start my journey. So I went to undergrad at University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. I studied molecular and cellular biology. I did uh, research there. I ended up going to University of Chicago for a medical school. I did two years of microbiology research studying the innate immune response to hepatitis C virus infection. And then I decided to do anesthesiology. So I completed my training at Columbia in New York to do my anesthesiology residency. I got married to my wonderful wife, mm-hmm. and I brought her down to Texas, where I did my one-year fellowship in interventional pain medicine at University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio. And then I later um, I obtained an additional board certification in addiction medicine due to the opioid crisis. I kept seeing the overlap of patients with chronic pain and addiction, and I want to really um, be the best doctor I could for my patients and learn more. So I became triple board certified in anesthesiology, pain medicine, and addiction medicine. I love that because uh, thank God I haven't been affected by the opioid pandemic, but um, we have a lot of fear in our family about it. My brother-in-law had a a skiing injury on his knee, and he, he was afraid if I take that pill, yeah. I might get addicted and mm-hmm. and uh, behave badly. And so uh, he he tried to take medicines that were not as addictive, that didn't work as well, yeah. mm-hmm. and suffered through some of that pain. Yeah, that's unfortunate. There is a lot of fear um, around opioids. But in reality, addiction is not the common pathway when patients are ex- exposed to a substance. Most people are not going to get addicted um, to a pain medicine. Now, there are some people who have a predisposition, um, family history, or previous illicit drug use may increase your risk. But the majority of people postoperatively, if you take a pain medicine, it's just going to reduce your pain. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're taking pain medicines for months at a time because you've had a pretty traumatic injury, then your body will develop a a physical dependence and you can note withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. But even then, with appropriate education and you understand that you're going through withdrawals, a lot of people can successfully come off the medication. Now, unfortunately, there are patients, there are people who take these medications for illicit substances, illicitly or recreationally or out of curiosity. Those type of administrations will increase the risk for addiction. But most times, if it's being prescribed, being prescribed for short-term pain relief, you really don't have that much to fear. Okay, well, we got to take a break, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you looking for reliable tax services? Look no further than Hector Signs with Liberty Tax Services, our valued sponsor here at Talk Law Radio. With years of expertise and dedication to excellence, Hector Signs ensures your taxes are in safe hands. Whether it's individual or business taxes, trust Hector Signs and Liberty Tax Services for thorough, accurate, and efficient tax solutions. Call Hector Signs at 210-764-5648. That's 210-764-5648 for all your tax needs. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. On the radio, on podcasts, on Facebook Live, and on YouTube, today we're talking with uh, two Dr. Musas, Dr. Hussein Musa and Dr. Adetone Musa, and we're talking about their unique approach to medicine, and we went over their background in the previous episode, so if you want to know more about their training and education, check that out. 
Now I'd like to talk about your unique practice. <laughs> what did you call it? Specialty direct care? Uh, the name of the practice is Kingdom Healing Institute, and it is a direct specialty practice. Direct care really just means that we um, don't bill insurance companies. It's a very simplified model, and it is great for patients who are looking for medical care quickly and higher quality medical care. Who told you about this? How did you get started? Because in San Antonio, I mean, my whole life and my parents' whole lives, I've, I've been introduced to health insurance. And so how did you know that there was a different way? Well, the reality is health insurance does not equal health care. And anybody who's had to really delve into our health care system has found out the difference the hard way and the expensive way. Now, we were fortunate. We have a family member who started uh, direct care endocrinology Mm -hmm. practice um, in Savannah, Georgia, and has been extremely successful um, Shoreline Endocrinology, she's amazing, Dr. Abby Abisogun. Hi, Hi. hopefully you're <laughs> watching this. Um, so she took us under her wing. Uh, we hired her as a professional coach, and she saved us so much time, so much frustration. Um, we learned what direct care practice is. So a lot of times there's a complication between direct care and concierge medicine. And learning the difference in how to market directly to our patient population um, it's different, but we find that it's been very effective because people, especially for neurological complaints, there are no options. So we found a a very important need in the community, and I think we're able to fill a void, especially with neurological care. Let's talk about that, yeah. the type of conditions that you treat. Absolutely. So my subspecialty training, as I said before, is epilepsy. Um, but I treat all neurological disorders, anywhere from migraine, um, uh, TBI, stroke, any dementia, Parkinson's disease, or any sort of neurodegenerative issue. I could treat people with diabetic neuropathy. I, honestly, it's it's a pretty um, wide range. What I found is that um, a severe pain point in the community is having a severe uh, neurological issue and not being able to get an appointment in a timely manner with a specialist. It typically takes about, uh, we used to say three to six months, but in my uh, research and data collection, it's really six to nine months to see a neurologist for your complaint. Mm-hmm. Um, I did mention brain tumors. I, I also have a lot of experience with neuro-oncology, which is uh, the study in the management of brain tumors. And I, I have uh, example cases of people who have very severe tumors, and they can't get seen till September. Yeah. You um, should tell. Just go yeah. ahead and tell them this story. Well, it's it's a story of uh, of, of a patient who uh, was seen by a nurse practitioner, a primary care provider. The primary care provider um, ordered a scan because she had been complaining of headaches and other symptoms. The scan comes back with a large tumor in the back of the brain. So the back of the brain houses a very um, important structures like the balance centers, the cerebellum. But more importantly, there is an area that is able to drain the fluid out of your, your head, mm-hmm. right? If that area is blocked by, let's say, a tumor, it can cause an emergency situation and increased pressure and maybe even herniation. Mm -hmm. So uh, the nurse practitioner faxes us the information after a Google search and calling multiple neurologists who had no room in their schedule. Oh, wow. And I look at this scan, and I'm like, okay, um, let's see this patient. Um, I think we saw her in two days, within two days. Yeah. I, I was able to educate her on this scan and send her to a neurosurgeon because, honestly, the definitive um, method of, of treatment is to remove the tumor. Uh, an excellent neurosurgeon, uh, Dr. Bo gave, and he's able, he, he agreed to do surgery uh, within two weeks. So oh, she's, wow. she's actually due for surgery soon. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was better much than, faster. Better yeah. than September 2024. Which could have been fatal. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But she was still paying her monthly health insurance premiums. So keep that in mind that health care is not health insurance. Yeah. 
Okay, so Dr. Hussain, tell us uh, what you do or what conditions would you treat? So I treat chronic pain. Um, Most commonly, patients have low back pain, sciatica, nerve pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, um, headaches, shoulder aches, um, knee aches. So if it's a joint and it hurts, I usually can treat it. And I also treat a lot of these um, widespread pain syndromes. There's patients with, um, you can call them different types of arthritic syndromes, Uh, They may have positive lab findings or negative lab findings, but they have pain. Or if you have pain and your doctor doesn't know why and nothing they've done has helped, that's also another reason why they would send you to a pain specialist. So I typically will see patients who aren't able to get seen quickly or they just want a second opinion or they want to see if there's something else that can be offered. So in our practice, we're able to do ultrasound-guided injections. We're able to do some holistic approaches. We have different technologies to help with pain. And also, there's a lot of education. For example, the average um, specialty visit is about seven minutes with your doctor. And what I find is seven minutes is not a lot of time for a patient to explain their problem, the doctor to educate them, and everybody to leave the appointment feeling that the problem is resolved. Unfortunately, we're left with a system that you have seven minutes, the doctor will maybe give you a pill or some sort of medication, and they'll see you in six months. And that's what seven minutes traditionally allows for healthcare. Okay. Is that all the conditions you want to talk about? Anything else? um, Well, some other conditions that I treat um, quite frequently are seizures and epilepsy, And there is a dichotomy. There are some patients who have very well-controlled epilepsy and they just need refills, but they can't get to a doctor that would be willing to to prescribe a specialty medication like that. So I do see a lot of those patients. And then I see a lot of patients with uncontrolled seizures who are not on the right medications or who are suffering from medication interactions and side effects. With that typical seven-minute doctor's visit, it's very hard to go through and reconcile their medications and to walk with the patient in such a way as to simplify their their medications so that they live a better quality life and you're picking something that is most effective for their epilepsy or seizure Mm -hmm. disorder. Another thing that um, we've been seeing are patients who are concerned with their memory or um, maybe mild cognitive impairment. We started to do holistic treatment programs, um, even using neurofeedback to really help um, patients improve their brain health. And also you can mention some about the nutrition. Yeah. So we actually the first ever um, dietary uh, therapy clinic in San Antonio. It's a medically directed dietary therapy clinic. We use the ketogenic diet and the modified Atkins diet for the treatment of epilepsy. Typically, these seizures are very hard to control. Or these are just patients who are tired of the merry-go-round of medications and would like to try something different. It's a multidisciplinary clinic. We work with a registered dietitian, and we have been uh, recognized by the Charlie Foundation. Oh, okay. I had a friend who, after law school, was diagnosed with MS. Yeah. And part of his treatment is a special diet. Right. There have been some studies showing that um, dairy, for instance, can really exacerbate the uh, inflammatory nature of Mm -hmm. multiple sclerosis. Does that mean ice cream? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It means ice cream. Um, So humanity. There are definitely some things to change about diet, and uh, that's a a question I get uh, frequently asked in MS patients as well. Let's talk about the hidden legal issue blind spot. How can you run a practice without Medicare? Good question. Yeah, so you have to make a decision. Um, Some people will just not see Medicare patients, which really doesn't um, address the issue. So we actually opted out of Medicare, which is really a commitment for as a physician because Medicare employ Medicare provides care for patients 65 and older, meaning that you've just excluded yourself from billing Medicare, which is the largest um, payer source for older for our seniors in America. However, you do have the option now to enter into a private contract with these patients. So it really becomes the patient's choice if they are willing to see you knowing that Medicare will not reimburse um, them for their services. 
So you have to do a really good job explaining and showing that your services are really worth the investment. Yeah. And you have to take some active steps to make that known. Yes. Or Medicare gets upset with you. Yes. So we actually had to fill out an opt-out form. It had to be approved. And then when we see patients of Medicare eligibility age, we have to give them that notice and we have to create a private contract. That they sign. That the patient signs so they agree Mm -hmm. that they're seeing a non-Medicare provider and that they're not going to receive really reimbursement for these services provided by a Mm -hmm. non-Medicare physician. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went to Innsbruck to study international law one uh, summer during law school, a friend and I went to uh, uh, northern Germany, and we were hanging out at a beer garden, and this English guy comes over to our table. He was there on a a bachelor party-type weekend, and he said, you know, y'all U.S. should make uh, us, Great Britain, the 51st state, because he was so upset with uh, the healthcare system there. He said, if you want an appointment, you got to private pay a doctor outside of their whole healthcare system. Yeah. Well, we got to take a break. I don't want to get into anything new just yet, but when we come back, let's talk about the power of prayer. Yes. Amen to Amen. that. Amen. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on the radio, on podcasts, on Facebook Live, on YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. We're here to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And I have uh, two Dr. Musas here, Dr. Hussein Musa, Dr. Adetone Musa. And we've been talking about their strategic, primary, direct care, (laughs) fabulous medical practice. It is Uh, fabulous, yeah. If uh, you want to know more about their their pain management and neurology practice, uh, that we talked about that in the previous segment. Um, But before we talk about the power of prayer, I also wanted to mention one of the reasons I got into this is because I was thinking about law and gospel mm. a lot. Wow. And uh, I realized that when it all started, God had one law for Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Don't eat from the fruit of that tree. Yeah. 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 Then Moses came and he had the Ten Commandments. Yes. Now we have municipal, state, and federal lawmakers that won't stop making new <laughs> laws. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know what the new laws are. And so since my practice focuses on estate planning and business law, mm-hmm. I started the radio show talking about that a lot. But then I got interested in other areas of the law, so I'll have other attorneys on. And then I ran out of attorneys to call, <laughs> and so now I have good people like you yeah. that make a difference in the community talking about what you do. So... When I was preparing for this show, uh, God spoke to me, wanted wanted to talk about the faith and medicine mm-hmm. combination. And you probably think about this a lot more than I do, but what came to my mind was um, the healing power of prayer. Yeah. And so I asked the AI... for some Bible verses on uh, the power of prayer and healing. And I got James 5.14 says, uh, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray over them uh, with anointing oil Mm -hmm. and the Lord will raise him up. Mm -hmm. And... If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Amen. And so I tried to do a poll on social media. Have you been healed by the power of prayer? And uh, people are very embarrassed to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, have you experienced it. that? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, My goodness. That is a life-changing topic for us. Yes. 
So we are both um, Christ followers. We believe in the healing power of Jesus and the power that we have as Christ followers through prayer. And for me, it started probably about 2016, 2017. I just decided, you know what, I'm going to start praying for my patients. And let me tell you, it was awkward. It felt awkward as a physician. You have the white coat. You have all this knowledge, all this research. And I was kind of sheepishly asking, well, we're going to prescribe this medicine, do this, this. And, you know, if, if you're comfortable and you, you don't mind, I, I, I can uh, pray, pray for you. Mm-hmm. And what I found, the vast majority of people, they were grateful to have a doctor who would pray for them. And what I've heard over the past five, six years that I've been doing this, you're the first doctor who's ever prayed for me. And I keep hearing this. I still do it, but I keep hearing it because we tend to compartmentalize our faith, but we're more than just our bodies. We're mind, body, and spirit. Yes, the medication can help your body, but we believe that that God can heal you, that your mind plays a huge role in your wealth, in your health and well-being. So why not address it? Why not um, help change your mindset? Why not give you a attitude of hope mm-hmm. and expectation that you're going to get better? Mm-hmm. We all say the power of positive thinking. Well, that's partially true, but it's really the power of prayer that God has the ability. Uh, he's given us the ability to command truth that by his stripes, we are healed. So we can receive and accept and even declare healing over ourselves and those that we love. Absolutely. Um, it's already done. It's finished on the cross. Amen. And um, just to touch on your point about how pe- people are embarrassed to share their testimony. Mm-hmm. I have my own testimony. Come and on. I did not even share it. I didn't share it for, for years until really the Lord was just laying that on my heart that, hey, people need to hear about this because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And it happened in 2018. I was literally just just chilling, hanging out in bed, worshiping God. And I was just in awe at all the moves of God that I, I had witnessed in my family and my marriage. And I was just thanking him. And then all of a sudden, I feel I, this impression in my heart that he's saying, lay your hands on your belly. And so I do that. And then I feel my lungs fill with air three times. And I say, I receive your he- your healing three times. It was this automatic thing. I just knew to say, I receive your healing. It happened three times. I jump out of bed. I know I'm healed. Um, Backstory to all of this is I had been suffering from fibroids for years, and it affected childbirth. I needed uh, C-sections. It it was really terrible. Mm -hmm. And once I knew I was healed at that moment, I run out of the bedroom to my husband, and I say, I'm healed. And he's like, um, I didn't know you were sick, but okay, great. You know, I'm, I'm still a good husband, guys. I'm still so, a good husband. So it's like, kind of like female issues, like, you know, men don't really, mm-hmm. <laughs> not very in, in tune about that. But I knew I was healed. Uh, fast forward, I get pregnant with uh, my third child. I go for an ultrasound. And I can read the ultrasound. I'm looking. I mean, honestly, a fibroid is a benign tumor. And mine was as big as a baby's head. It was like nine centimeters. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm looking for the deformity. I'm looking. I can't find it. I look at the technician and I say, so um, do, do you see a fibroid? It, it, it's about nine centimeters. And he was just like, I don't see anything. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And I just smile. <laughs> and um, for years, I kept it to myself. But then I realized that there are people out there who may be questioning the um, power of prayer, that faith heals. And maybe they don't believe in miracles anymore, even though that they're Christ followers. They, they just don't think, think that it happens. It's a biblical time thing. Well, sometimes, too, in defense of those who are <laughs> sheepish, maybe they have pay, prayed for for healing, and maybe they didn't get the result that they were asking for. It's true. Yeah, for sure. And um, I can tell you stories along those lines as well. But I would just say, keep praying and just keep believing and 
keep walking with God. Well, and it's not limited to when we pray for healing. I mean, yeah. we pray for lots of things that don't go our way. Sometimes you get a no when you think you should get a yes. Dr. Hussein was praying to not go to New York, and that's where and he that's ended, where up. ended up. It didn't happen. And guys, I lived on a fifth floor walk up. There were roaches, there were mice. And after that was the first apartment I saw, I was like, I am not living here. It was hospital subsidized housing. This place is gross. Um, fast forward like two, three months, walking around New York trying to find an apartment and looking at my resident salary. And I realized if I live anywhere else in this subsidized housing, my entire paycheck would just go to living. So I asked the hospital hat in hand, like, is this apartment still open? And they graciously gave it back to me. Yeah. That prayer was not answered. But look at where I am now. God knows. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. So he I have a lovely him. wife. Um, it's, it's God's will, and God's will is always good. He's in control. He's sovereign over our lives. And, yes, we do ask for things that it, we don't get, like, the expected answer. But God is always working things out for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So just just reminding yourself of that truth that you have such a short view of what's going on, but God sees the end from the beginning. And I've also learned not to guilt trip myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if if you feel like you're not bold enough or you're not et cetera enough, it, it doesn't matter because God, he works um, through people in different stages of their lives. And all of it, all of it is good. I got one yeah. response from my poll. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine She's a strong Christian woman now, but when she was a younger woman, she was not. And she had a friend that invited her to church. She said, always invite people to church because that might be the next answered prayer. Yes. The first time that she went, she thought, these people are crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody was worshiping, hands up, screaming (laughs) out, praise the Lord type Mm -hmm. of uh, congregation, and uh, she didn't think anything of it. She was abused. Mm. Um, her her life was not going well, and so she went back. And um, this time, she fell to her knees. She prayed. She said, "God, things are not going well. Mm. I need your help." Mm. And she felt this immediate weight lifted off of her Hallelujah. like mm. she really f- was struggling just to survive each day because she had these suicidal thoughts wow. and she just didn't know what else to do but when she felt that weight released after that prayer she no longer had those thoughts Hallelujah. She, i love it so she wanted to to let me know that and i'm telling those out there that the Prayer does have power, but medicine and prayer should probably go hand in hand because there are some serious problems out there that um, I don't know whether it's safe to to reject medicine. Yeah. Yes. Um, so with the Kingdom Healing Institute, we, we use both. That's why Uh, When we're counseling patients, we say that we use a combination of conventional therapy and holistic therapy. Holistic therapy really just means that you're treating the patient as a whole. It's not just the physiology or or, um, the medications, but we look at any social ramifications and, yes, any spiritual issues as well. There are some patients that are more comfortable with it than others, And I respect all, we both respect all belief systems, but at the same time, we know we've experienced the power of prayer and we share it very freely with uh, those that we care for. Um, Interestingly, there are research studies that also show that prayer is effective. Let's stop there for just a moment. We got to take a break. Okay. We'll be right back.
Are you looking for reliable tax services? Look no further than Hector Signs with Liberty Tax Services, our valued sponsor here at Talk Law Radio. With years of expertise and dedication to excellence, Hector Signs ensures your taxes are in safe hands. Whether it's individual or business taxes, trust Hector Signs and Liberty Tax Services for thorough, accurate, and efficient tax solutions. Call Hector Signs at 210-764-5648. That's 210-764-5648 for all your tax needs. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, and we're talking about medicine, faith, healing, power of prayer, and the law, just a little bit about the law. And uh, I'm here with uh, Dr. Musa. Both of them are physicians, uh, Dr. Adetone Musa and Dr. Hussein Musa. And we just got through talking about the power of prayer, but you wanted to mention a study. Yes, and uh, they're actually a collection of studies, but uh, your verse in James mentioned laying on of hands, Mm -hmm. and there is uh, something that's termed proximal intercessory prayer and distal intercessory prayer. Proximal meaning you're right there with the person, you're touching the person, and that's been demonstrated to be more effective in healing. In fact, there was a case report I think a husband and wife, um, the wife was suffering from macular degeneration, which can lead to to blindness. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were both praying, and then they both were overcome with just tears and emotion. Uh, Again, proximal, they were touching, and all of a sudden she was healed of this macular degeneration. And uh, they were able to demonstrate uh, just really objective evidence just based on her um, eye doctor reports. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, this is the fourth segment, and that's when we talk about legacy. And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? (laughs) Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So since Marquardt Law Firm focuses on business and estate law, Mm -hmm. the central idea there is about legacy. Yes. And so I like to ask our guests about legacy. Um, when you think about the work that you do, um, what, how would you describe your legacy or what you want your legacy to be? So I really look at it biblically. It's the legacy of faith. And what's been really rewarding during this faith walk for us is how we see our children. They are walking right along with us by faith. And it was very interesting. My son, I asked him, why, do you remember why we moved? And he was like, yeah, God said you should move. And just that casual answer, that casual right. answer of faith, it helped me to realize that our children, they're always watching what we're doing. Yeah. And that right now we're sowing seeds into them at this young age of faith that it's okay to follow God. It doesn't matter what people say. If you hear from God and you do it, that's normal. And this legacy of faith that we're leaving in our children, it's, it's going to serve them far beyond our lifespan. And it's going to give them the confidence that they can look back in their life and see evidence that their parents walked with God and that they had a wonderful childhood. They had a wonderful life so that my children aren't going to be dependent on the world for satisfaction or for just things. They will know that the most valuable thing is to walk humbly with God, is to follow um, the path that God has laid for them and to have that personal relationship with Christ. So I look at our life's work as we're combining our medicine with ministry, with our talents and gifts, and we're doing it all for the kingdom. It's, it's all for the harvest. And we we even have a great story where we made some steps of faith and we had a friend who they didn't understand what we were doing, but they saw they saw our, they saw what we were doing. They saw our faith, and they were so moved. They gave their life to Christ. Oh wow! And we just dis- and, awesome. and we talked and talked about the Bible, the law, the this and that, yeah. and this mm-hmm. for years. And you know that's good. It's good to witness. But sometimes people need to see your faith to activate their. I love faith. that. Amen. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Amen. How about you, Adatone? Well, just to tag along um, with that. I am thinking about scripture and how it says your obedience will be blessed, right? And we were obedient um, to God's calling to start uh, the ministry of the kingdom healthcare system. 
And we've seen so many blessings. We've seen financial blessings, but we've also seen that that these blessings are um, translated to the next generation. And I really believe and I know that God is a generational blesser. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be our children, but it's going to be our children's children. And that's Amen. that's why we're doing Tell this. Tell us uh, what is the Kingdom Healthcare System? So the Kingdom Healthcare System is a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. And our goal is to share the healing ministry of Christ with all people. We want to be a physical example of God's love by taking care of their health care needs. And as I mentioned on a previous episode, health care and health insurance are very different. And we decided that we want to provide health care for those in need. So we have a free clinic the last Saturday of every month where we're able to do medication refills, um, physical exams. We're, we also partner with the Texas Kidney Foundation where we can do free screenings um, to to help identify possible kidney disease and give you the information to prevent your kidneys from failing. And we also have other community partners who are able to help patients get um, low-cost medications or even free medications. And we partner with community resources that can give education on healthy eating, um, Mm -hmm. prevention of domestic violence. And we just have a wide array of volunteers who are happy to serve. So doing this clinic the last Saturday of every month is really our way of advertising that, hey, we are here to help. And with your donations, this doesn't have to be just a once a month clinic. This can be a full time clinic, but we actually need people to support us. And you can visit us at kingdomdocs.com to learn more about our ministry and our private practice and our other other services. And once again, that's kingdomdocs.com. D-O-C-S. <laughs> yes. Yeah, as in pl- more than one doctor. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to ask about the the kingdom healthcare system. Do they have to prove that they have a financial need when they show up at the door? No. So currently, we're able to see patients uh, on a walk-in basis, but it is better if you go to our website and and register to be seen. Um, we do have electronic medical record that can store information and help us accurately keep track of patients. But this is actually a free clinic. We partner with other nonprofit organizations that are really designed to help fill in the gap in healthcare. And once again, a lot of people just don't have access to health care. So we want to address that the best way that we can. And if you discover that somebody has a, a really complicated health care condition, what do you do then? Yeah. So the good thing is we're in the community practicing medicine, and we know a lot of doctors, and we know other resources. So there are other clinics that are currently able to provide more in-depth uh, care, such as imaging and labs. And we also have specialists who often can volunteer some of their time to see you. So I believe that the information that we provide, even if we can't address your specific health care concern um, in our clinic that day, we can actually point you in the right direction and save you a lot of time and frustration. Tell me about the marriage docs. <laughs> well, um, I think that was birth. Well, tell us what it is first. It's a marriage coaching um, program that we've developed. Yes, and we do it to help other couples get through rough areas. And we've learned over our decade, almost 11 years. 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. You know, I'm losing count, guys. Uh (laughs) But that there's ups and downs. And sometimes you may not want to go to a counselor. There's often a there may be some stigma or something associated with it. And sometimes you just want to talk to people who've been through what you've, what you've done. So our coaching program is really just a friendly way of saying, hey, maybe you need more than a date night. Here's how to get over some of the common hurdles um, of marriage. And sometimes we do address some very challenging hurdles, and we just rely on God's wisdom to help us work with couples. Out of tone, how do you... How did you um, how did you get into that? How did it come to be? Well, honestly, I, I think it was from our own ups and downs in marriage. We're both physicians, we're both very busy, and you have to be very intentional with uh nurturing your relationship, your marriage. Mm-hmm. If not, things just kind of get out of hand and I can I tend to be a workaholic, I guess, right? And there are many different personality types out there, so 
Um, my heart for people are very busy couples who don't really know how to navigate the hurdles of marriage. And um, it, it's something that's also, you know, biblically and spiritually inspired because in the Bible, it talks about doing life together. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need counseling, but other times you just need coaching and discipleship. And that's really what uh, this program is designed to do. That's great. Uh, we talked about it in my church one time, um, just to have some older couples around mm-hmm. and say, how did you have such a long marriage? That's it. Yeah. You know, just advice from other people. Yeah. I think it's something that we've done almost informally. And what you find is when you have a lot of experience and experience can lead to wisdom, my definition is um, I prefer wisdom so you don't have to get experience. So we want to give people wisdom before they have to experience it and learn how to get through it themselves. Mm -hmm. And we've worked with other younger couples and it's really been informal and there's been a lot of aha moments. Oh, oh, wow, that's not that unique. It's everybody goes through that. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone in the problems or the struggles that you have. So if you feel overwhelmed, busy, and that you're just no longer connecting, you can contact us. You can visit us at kingdomdocs.com, and we can share some of our wisdom, and it's rooted on the Word of God. And do you do that in a non-judgmental way? Absolutely, because <laughs> we're we're actually very transparent with uh, the clients that we coach about our struggles. Mm-hmm. Our struggles have been uh, transformed and redeemed into testimonies. Amen. And so... In that stepwise process, we we share our testimonies. People understand that, oh, wow, God delivered you from that. And I say, yeah, and he could deliver you too, and he can He can redeem your marriage too. So it's not, it's not judgmental at all. You know what I see next on the horizon is uh, uh, docs for uh, teaching you how to raise up your kids. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll get a six full-time job. I mean, we can six. add more hours to the day. No, dealing with children can be difficult sometimes. It can be, and we're still learning, but absolutely. One thing that I've probably learned is, yes, discipline is important, but also hearing your child out because yes. um, they, they may have some complaints or some grievances, and we actually learned this from an older woman. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for them to air out their grievances in a respectful just manner. Just like Job, right? Yes, mm. exactly. <laughs> just like Job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys for being on my show. Thank you Thank for you so us. much. Yeah, I thank had a you. lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have to do this again. Until like then, uh, you heard it here on Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt, and I'll talk to you later. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.